begins. The tale of the Terrorlands, pain and sorrow and horror fill this tale as I hear it on the night air. Listen, listen to the wind, hear the cries of the Terrorlands. Fifteen hundred soldiers lay in a field on the edge of the Terrorlands. The ground was stained with their blood. Fifteen hundred trained for battle, seasoned by conflict after conflict. All champions, men, women, who knew battle, understood the feel of a sword sliding into a body, scarred and full of the glory of war. If you were to come across that field, you would first be shocked at how many just lay there, their bodies slashed, bones broken. The smell of burnt flesh would fill your nose, and you would fight the urge to vomit. If you had the stomach to look closer and truly observe this field, you would be surprised to see that these warriors spread across this bloody field lay there with no weapons in sight. Then you would be shocked when you realized that these 1,500 soldiers were alive. And if you moved towards the field, you would begin to hear their moans and screams of pain as trolls moved in between the ranks of them with knives and hatchets, hot pokers, and torches, hammers and claws and teeth, slicing flesh, twisting their bodies, burning them, breaking their bones, like demons torturing the wicked in the depths of hell. You could hear the rough cries of the trolls, their laughter, as they went about their task of torturer, the job they did best. Yes, rough laughter escaped their mouths at the screams of someone they set on fire. Most of these soldiers caught were from the Gentfield War, killing thousands of trolls for in them to swear allegiance to the wizard who commanded them to do this task. So they did their work, their jagged teeth and twisted smiles as they hammered at the legs of another breaking the bones and tearing at the flesh and muscle with their teeth. All of these soldiers had the same secret. All of them were there not because of a loss of battle. They were there because they volunteered for this torment. They wanted it and considered it an honor to be there. And every day more came from the Great Plains lands for this honor, all in the name of the great wizard, Meeklok. They would line up one by one, face the wizard, who would judge and see if they were worthy. 
then their armor and weapons would be taken from them. A meal of stew and a mug of spiced wine was given. Then off they would go to the field, glad for the honor. This was the kind of control Meatclock had over the people. At the edge of the field, a young man dressed in a thin silk robe and cloth boots of a servant stood. He had two bags slung over his back. He slowly moved down through the soldiers lying in pain and anguish. His long black hair hung down in his face. As piercing blue eyes scanned the field looking for someone. His name was Ben and he was on a mission. He hurried through the field trying to ignore the screams. He had tied a scarf around his face to keep the smell from gagging him. He was looking for Phelps, one of the trolls who was sent to the task of torturing these volunteers. The wizard had a special mission for him and Phelps to accomplish. Trying not to look down at the broken warriors on the ground, he scanned the field in search for the troll, doing his best to ignore the blood soaking through the thin cloth that covered his feet. He soon discovered the twisted Phelps by listening to the loudest screams of pain. Phelps enjoyed his work. He took great delight in the task. Ben was well aware of how good he was at inflicting pain. For he was sent to Phelps when Meatclock felt he needed a lesson. Ben's back was covered in scars from his whip, and on his right arm was the burns, marking the number of times he had been corrected. For Phelps liked to brand Ben, so he would never forget. Ben would never complain for he knew that if Meatclock felt the need for him to be punished, then he deserved it. For Ben would do anything for Meatclock, the wizard, his master, his father. He did harbor some bad feelings towards Felt, though. The cruel troll took delight in setting up Ben so he could punish him. Things like tripping him when he carried the wine in for his father's dinner, or holding food from the cooks in his tent so it looked like he took it. He didn't dare claim that he didn't dare complain about Phelps, knowing that no one would believe him. Ben moved along the trolls, staying as far away from their whips, calling out to Phelps and was spotted by the evil troll. In his mouth clenched, in a snarl of hate, was a knife. He slipped it out, stuck it into the ground. He didn't like being interrupted when he was doing his best work, but he would do as the wizard commanded. He was bound to him through magic, just like the boy was. He found it amusing that no matter how much abuse was wheeled on the boy, he still adored the wizard. 
And even though he was bound to him and ordered not to kill Ben, Phelps had a scheme in mind to see to the runt's accidental death. His snarl turned into a cruel smile as Ben approached. Hello, Phelps. Father wants us. I know what he wants us to do, idiot. I see the bags. Grabbing one of the bags from Ben, the troll slapped the boy hard enough to send him sprawling to the ground. His face landed on the chest of one of the soldiers, and he came up covered in blood. Phelps roared in laughter. Hey, Phelpsy, you shouldn't knock the wizard's son about like that. It might make him mad at you, get you gutted, growled a nearby troll. Shut your yap, greenhead. I do what I want to the sweat stain. The boss know what an idiot he is, son or no. He's pretty much useless. Ben kept his head down, wiping the blood from his eyes. Phelps' words stung, but he knew that there was truth behind them. He was pretty much useless to his father. One time he asked if one day he would be a wizard too. Meeklock had laughed and backhanded him, then grabbed him by the robes and looked him in the eyes. Ben, Ben, you worthless fool. Wizards are not born. They are made with pain and blood and great sacrifice and a strong will to beat back death itself. You don't have any real qualities to become what I am. He grabbed Ben by the hair and pulled him into the middle of the camp, whipping him until he nearly passed out. Then he branded his arm himself, saying, Never forget, you are only good for the small task I command you to do, and in all other things, you are worthless. Ben never did forget. And later that day, when the pain had allowed him to move, he went to his father, getting on his knees, and thanked him for teaching him his place. Recently, Ben began to feel a little different. At times, anger would well up inside him, and when he would wake up in the morning, he would be overcome by a great sadness. It took all his strength not to lash out at Phelps and the others who tormented him on a daily basis. He didn't even want to look his father in the eyes. Another slap from Phelps brought Ben back to his time and the task at hand. Pick up your bag, you useless meat sack. We got flowers to pick. He looked in the troll's eyes with anger. If Phelps had been paying attention, he might have got his whip out. But Phelps was lost in what he thought was a funny joke about the ivy bulbs. Phelps loved his joke. Every time they would go to pick the ivy bulbs, he would say it and roar with laughter. The truth was, 
He hated doing this with the boy. It was dangerous, and if not done quickly, you would be in danger and could be dragged into the Terrorlands yourself. Phelps and Ben made their way to the edge of the Terrorlands, and soon the screams and moans of the warriors began to fade. You could see the veil shimmer as they walked alongside it. How the magic kept anything from coming through was a mystery. One could easily step past the veil and find himself in the toxic land, choking on the poisoned air. If you didn't die from it, then the wraiths would come for you, dragging you deep into the toxic land where you would never be seen again. Other creatures dwelt in the terror lands, and stories would pour out. At one time, the trolls themselves were part of them, but centuries ago, they were rescued from them by a wizard. They learned to adapt and soon were just as weary of the poison, toxic land as everyone else. Other beasts and twisted magic things were believed to live there. Only a few crossed a veil and lived to talk about it. The stories they told were never good. They were scouts with special equipment inhabited with magic so they could sneak into the lands in search of ancient magic to sell. Not many lived for very long. If not killed in the terror lands, they usually succumbed to disease and madness. All these thoughts ran through Ben's head as he carefully walked along the edge of the valley to where the ivy bulbs grew. Phelps pushed him, causing him to stumble, and he almost fell across the veil. He twisted and turned, looking up at the masochistic troll who roared in laughter as Ben scrambled back. His movement had caught the attention of the ever-watchful race that moved along inside of the land, always waiting for someone to mistakenly wander across the veil. They seemed to watch Ben closely every time he came to the veil. He could feel their eyes staring at him through their dark hoods as they floated above the ground. Silent sentinels waiting for the opportunity to grab a helpless victim. Ben slowly stood up, the race an arm length away from him. If the veil wasn't there, they could reach out and grab him, but they could never cross that magic line. If Ben had wanted to, he could have grabbed one and pulled them to his side. Again, just how the magic worked was a mystery. Ben imagined that the refs, Ben imagined that the race were talking inviting him to join him on the other side. You never heard any sound from the Terrorlands. The veil seemed to keep any noise from escaping. That's how people mistakenly would cross into them, by just not paying attention. Took a stroll at night, and before you know it, you would be choking on the poison air. Once again, it was the troll with his rough voice and abusive treatment that brought Ben out of the fog and into the real world. Mmm, Benny boy. Looks like you made some friends. Would you like to talk to them? I'll introduce you to them. 
You could go home and have honey cakes and dark drinks with them. I'm surprised they are following us at all, Phelps. Your smell should be enough to drive them away. The troll growled and swiped at Ben's head. This time, Ben actually ducked. The troll's hand slipped into the other side of the veil. He squeaked, pulling his hand back. The troll moved towards the boy, removing his whip from his belt. We have a job to do for my father. He needs the bulbs before nightfall. If we don't get them, it won't be just me that gets branded tonight. The troll snarled, knowing that the idiot was right. Putting his whip away, he gestured along the edge of the veil. After you meet Sack. Ben turned and kept walking. He knew he would get it that night by Phelps. He couldn't help but feel a little pride, though, in talking back to the troll. He felt a little guilty at insulting Phelps, for Phelps was his father's right hand and always had his ear. He would apologize to his father for talking that way later. The wraiths followed close on the other side of the veil. The commotion had drawn at least 15 of them, but soon they slowed and almost left as the two of them approached the ivy bulbs. These plants look like tall corn stalks with a ball about the size of a fist on top. They grew in the terror lands close to the veil. The leaves had magic qualities that Meatclock used in his spells. But they weren't here for those. They were here for the bulbs that grew on top. If you picked them, they would grow thorns within seconds, stabbing your skin, releasing a toxin that attacked your nervous system. The intense pain would start in your hand, then spread up your arm until it affected your whole body. If you weren't given the antidote in a short amount of time, the toxin would take over, leaving you writhing in pain, driving you to madness. It would last for three days before you died. The wizard wanted to use these bulbs on the soldiers lying in the field. Ben wasn't sure why. He knew his father didn't want to kill them, just break them, torture them, for some purpose unknown to Ben. Soon he and the troll were standing in front of the veil with the plants on the other side. He handed his sack to Phelps. Inside the sack were steel wool gloves imbued with the same magic as the sacks. Ben stayed where he was and the troll with his sack and gloves moved down about a hundred feet. When the troll whistled, that would begin them picking the bulbs. What they had to do was stick a hand inside the veil, grabbing the stalk, bending it down, pulling the bulb off, and letting the, st the stalk snap back in place. This had to be done quickly because the stalk could twist around your hand, pulling you into the field to be poisoned by the Terrorland air. Soon the troll shrill whistled, Soon the troll's shrill whistle. Soon the troll's shrill whistle filled the air, and Ben began pulling the stalks down, 
snapping out the bulbs, then letting go and putting the bulb in the sack. He worked his way to the right as a troll worked his way left to meet in the middle. They both worked in silence and quickly, and in no time both had sacks full of the bulbs were just a few feet away from each other. That's enough, brat. Let's get back to camp. There were still a few a few bulbs left, but Ben wanted to get back before dark. The idea of walking in the dark back to camp with Phelps made Ben shiver. He was looking down at his sack, preparing to take off his gloves, when he felt it. A sharp pain in his shoulder. The needle-like thorns of an ivy bulb sunk into his skin. He gasped in pain, reaching up, pulling it loose. He could feel the toxin begin to seep into his system as white-hot pain started to spread across his shoulder and down his arm. Why? He croaked at the wickedly smiling troll. Because I'm sick of you, boy. Magic bonding or not. Hmm? How do I smell now, huh? The troll had moved in close to Ben's face. I'll tell your father you slipped and died in the Terrorlands. He won't grieve much. Phelps started dragging the struggling Ben close to the veil. He stuck his head into the Terrorlands. Ben heard a strange humming sound and his skin felt like it was blistering as a pain spread down his arm, down his back. He pulled Ben back on his side. What will you do, boy? He said to the terrified Ben. You can't fight me. I'm stronger. I was planning to stick a knife in you in your sleep, but this idea came to me today. Oh, the magic bond will break. I can feel its magic slipping. He pushed his head back across. The humming sound was a race that glided above the ground towards Ben. They usually wouldn't get so close but to the ivy bulbs, but the temptation of getting their hands on Ben was too great. He could hear them whispering to each other. He's clean, yes, he's perfect. Want his eyes, want his tongue. Mm, save his heart, his lungs, yes, save them, yes. He was pulled back again by the troll, who was taking delight in his wicked game. Your friends will finally get to know you, he said. You're such a waste. You're garbage boy. In the way of your father's greatness. He had a reason to keep you alive, but no more. Things will be different. He will see you are not needed like you were before. He was meant for great things. His new army will take over all the lands, even the lands that you... The troll never finished. What he was saying, Ben had slammed a bulb still in his hand alongside of his face. Phelps' mouth reached into an O of surprise. He let go of Ben, who managed to slip into a fetal position to keep from slipping into the Terrorlands. He rolled away as the troll tried to kick him. Phelps moaned as he pulled the bulb from his face, moving towards Ben. The pain was growing in Ben's arm and shoulder and was beginning to spread down his back and up his face. He stumbled and crawled away from the troll as he moved towards him. He grabbed Ben by the back of his rope, spinning him around. I'm going to kill you myself. I'll let the poison seep into your skin and gut you and feed you to them. You waste, you dog filth. Ben wearing the gloves, reaching to the terrorlands, grabbing an ivy stalk, bending it down. 
It slapped at the side of the troll's face where the bulb had entered. He screamed in pain. The toxin must be affecting him as well. He clutched his face, stumbling back, slipping across the veil. The wraiths were there to grab him, one on each side, pulling his arms straight. He hovered in the air between them. His screams couldn't be heard. Another wraith followed up behind him with two small knives and cut out his eyes. Blood ran down Phelps' face as Ben in horror watched. The race cut off his legs and arms, holding up his torso. A slit was made from the bottom of his stomach up to his chin. The ribs spread apart as his organs were pulled from his body. It happened so fast, the unfortunate troll's heart was still beating as it was removed from his chest. Ben turned away, the image of the bloody scenario imprinted on his mind forever. He stumbled towards the field, hoping to get to the camp before that pain took over completely. He was terrified of what he had seen, but he was also terrified by what he would tell his father about his right-hand man. He hoped his father would show mercy and give him the antidote, but as he moved closer to the soldiers and heard their screams of pain, his hope began to fade. Left alone and in pain. If he doesn't get help soon, he will surely die. But hope can come in the darkest of times. And Ben is stronger than he knows. Join me, Jedediah Gravesmore, soon for more tales from the Terrorlands. Lands.